0: for mm-hmm.
1: Thank you Hannah so much. Welcome everyone to the uh, the enjoyable worship in a very cold morning here in Champaign-Urbana at our First United Methodist Church. So if you will all join with me now, we will do our call to worship. Today we gather as a congregation filled with gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, and healing. We gather today as a family seeking a common good and bringing gifts of we gather together today recognizing that our diversity is powerfully connected through our one God. Help us celebrate, nurture the gifts come through the different races and cultures and churches. Come, Holy Spirit, use our gifts in partnership with you. Our welcoming praise will be done by the our Urbana First Praise Team.
2: Oh, his love. For- He has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died.
1: a few announcements I'd like to go over with you this morning here. Uh, the first one is that the United Methodist Women have two collection drives going on this month. The first is a sock drive. It's taking place on a, on a, for now until Sunday February the 9th. Now they are collecting all styles and colors of socks to donate to the children in the Urbana Middle School. You can bring them to the church or drop them off in the basket on the parsonage porch. I was going to go through my old sock drawer, but they said, no, can't do that. I think they want new socks. The second drive is a snack drive, and it's taking place until Sunday, January the 30th. They're asking for healthy bar snacks and your favorite individually wrapped candy bars to share with the teachers, administrators, and the staff of Urbana Middle School. Updates from our monthly worship planning meeting are in the bulletin. If you have any ideas or would like to be a part of the worship planning team, please contact either the office or Pastor Bob. And also there are other announcements on the bulletin and other things that are happening out throughout the week on the back of this make sure you take this home and keep it handy and uh, join in and either come here or be online and enjoy. Join me now in our prayer. Lord, open our hearts to the surprising ways in which you offer to us your love and your presence. Help us to truly believe in the wondrous ways that you will work in our lives. Give us hearts and spirits for service to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now join me please in our prayer. and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our opening hymn is on page 378 in your hymnal, and it's Amazing Grace.
2: Please stand if you're able. <laughs>
1: Scripture lesson today comes from the book of John, 2nd chapter, sorry, pardon me, 2nd book of John, chapters 2, verses 1 through 11. This is the wedding at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding, along with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now becoming wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn it did know, the master of the feast called to the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone deserves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. The word of God and the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me now in the Apostles' Creed is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our song of preparation, Oceans by our Praise to
3: WAIT
4: Saints of God, Satan is always busy, amen? I tell you, I tell you, we thought we had this sound system down, packed last week. And lo and behold, something else pops up, amen? Will you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Pastor Freeman looks good. No, no, will you turn to your neighbor and say, hello? Could you do that? Turn to somebody and say, good morning. This is an absolutely wonderful fantastic day amen we want you to please uh just uh, just a couple of things uh we had another insert that was supposed to be in the bulletin and it's about uh, community uh CHH, CHM Bible theater they're having a coat of many colors story of joseph and they're looking for individuals to participate in that and so please go to the church website please go to Facebook and please uh, learn about uh, the services and the things that are happening there, amen? And uh, we're just excited. Ryan Byfield, where's Ryan at, amen? Ryan, just stand up and turn around and just say good morning to Ryan, amen. (laughs) Ryan, we, Ryan will be here on most third Sundays, if I'm correct, to play for the praise team and so we want to thank him, and John, and Crystal, and Sarah, and Mary. We want to say thank you all so much for being with us this morning. Thank you so much, Ryan. And Abanda band of First Methodist Church, let's make sure we greet him and welcome him and embrace him. The last piece is, is that there's a community-wide Martin Luther King service. is today at 4.30 at the Kranich Center. So if you're free, please remember uh, today at 4.30 at the Krannert Center. And then tomorrow morning, there's another program uh, put on by the county, and that's at Vineyard Church early in the morning. morning. Amen. Amen. Well, let me go and preach this sermon so you all can go home. Amen. And oh, look. <laughs> now, I need to know, if can you all hear me? That's what I want to know. Can you hear me? All right, all right, back pews, can you hear me? Thank you, David, amen. (laughs) I tell you, man, Uh, David, uh, he makes wonderful bread. If you all don't know, I'll put it all on blast. Social media, David Gordon can cook, amen. (laughs) So we thank you all for your presence. I'm excited for what God is doing in your lives. And I'm going to try to keep the sermon. Oh, you even had the clock fixed. Thank you so much. Amen. But I want to try to really delve into this text of John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. But in order for me to delve into this text, we have to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, the, the chapter talks about gifts, right? The chapter talks about uh, some are giving this and some are giving that, you follow? It talks about gifts. And then I'm going to allude to 1 Corinthians 13 and says, you know, you can do this and you can do that, but the greatest of these is what? Love. The thing is, is that many of us really are astounded at the faith community and their response to what's happening in the world. A great preacher, David, he spoke some years back, and I still remember his words so vividly today, and particularly about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, 13 is the love chapter, 12 is the gift chapter. And he says, particularly in those first three verses, something that's powerful. He says in verses one through three, Paul gives us the marks of true spirituality, and then he's going to tell us the truly spiritual person is a person who is Christ-centered, not gift-centered. It's Christocentric, not charismatic. They're all about Jesus, he says not about their gifts. People who are spiritually inclined and strong don't talk about their gifts. They talk about the Christ. Their music and their ability, their sermons and everything leads you to Christ. He says that's the mark of true spirituality. In verses 4 through 11 of that chapter of Corinthians chapter 12, he tells us about the ministry of a truly spiritual person. So the marks of a truly spirit, so the marks of true spirituality, the ministry of the truly spiritual person, get this, if the marks of true spirituality is Christ-centeredness rather than self-centeredness, and gift-focused, then the rest of that, the rest of that, when ministry starts to happen, through you and in your life, in the church, will be the focus of edifying, serving others, and not promoting self. So the marks of true spirituality, he says, is Christocentric, not charismatic. The ministry of a truly spiritual person is edification, not self promotion. That's the teaching of the Apostle Paul in the first 11 chapters of Corinthians, he says. I went back and I called him and I said, uh, I said, uh, Uh, David, can you help me to listen to that sermon again? And he says, Bob, I'll send you the manuscript. (laughs) And it really got me thinking, what is spirituality? People walk around and say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. What does that mean? Well, for Paul in the Corinthian church and also for John, Really, it was about the other and not about self. It was about pointing us to God and what God can do and not about what we can do or I can do. When I used to pastor in the village of Rantoul as the pastor of First United Methodist Church of Rantoul, I had the fortunate pleasure of meeting uh, quite a few Airmen and from the former Chinook Air Force Base, and women, excuse me, men and women from Chinook Air Force Base. But I had the absolute pleasure of meeting some great historical men. One was General Frank Elliott. And General Frank Elliott was the first test pilot for jets. And if you go to Springfield, you'll see his picture, and he's uh, his name's all over the wall in the Springfield Airport, because he's a man who had a gift, and a knack, and the smarts, and the rank to test jet pilots. But he was quickly—he would quickly tell you today what he told me back then. He says, "My greatest gift is my faith." My greatest gift is my faith in God, and if it was not for God, I would not have been able to do the things I've done. I remember when he was—he—he became ill, he looked at me and he says, Pastor Freeman, you're like a son to me. <laughs> and I said, gentlemen, you can't walk around saying that, <laughs> But what he was actually was saying is that you embody the moral values that I treasure. Even today, I believe it is the same gifted individuals who were given the idea or given the chance to do something extraordinary. And it was individuals around the world like him who didn't necessarily have the giftedness but was given the opportunity because of God. And all of them that I met at the former Chinook Air Force Base, if you were a civilian worker or you were enlisted or whatever, all of them quickly said, if it was not for God. Now, something of that spirit has crept into the Corinthian church, meaning this thing about selfishness has crept into the Corinthian church. And we see that in the Gospel of John, chapter 2, because it says, how come you gave the best wine to last? Well, I deserve more because I've been here before those people. I think perhaps that maybe some of the thinking of Christians today is that Christians are focusing on a person's gift and not whether or not they are gifted by God. And so at and so the Church of Corinth, there were certain individuals who were taking pride of place in a sort of rank hierarchical structure within the life of the Corinthian congregation. And it was divisive and unseemly and ultimately it became sinful and ungodly and Paul is writing to address it when he's in the church and he's trying to get them to see that they cannot focus on self but focus on Christ you see the word for gifted is used here in Greek as you may know as the word, as you may know that word to be charismata or charismatic, it has the root from which we get the word translated grace, which is charis. In other words, in the New Testament, spiritual gifts are not innate abilities of an individual for which the individual ought to be admired but rather they are de- donations of free, sovereign grace of God. I have an opportunity to use something to draw people to the heart of God. I have learned something that can help the body of Christ become stronger so that more people can experience God in a deeper and abiding way. In other words, the new in the New Testament, spiritual gifts are not these innate abilities, as I said. But it is the opportunity of the gift giver making Jesus Christ's name known amongst the world. The function of spiritual gifts is that the name of Jesus is to be exalted. And here, that is precisely Paul's point if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, when he speaks to us about the marks of true spirituality. What is that reality? What is that that really identifies a spiritual person? Paul says it in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 12. If you look there and how easily they had been led astray. However, they were led back into their pagan days and the old way of living. You know how people say, is that if you don't keep to continue, if you don't keep practicing your spiritual disciplines, you'll easily adopt the, the most, the thing of your past will become the thing you lean on. What you have been freed from can easily creep back in and become a part of your life again? I thought I got rid of that. I thought I got over that. It'll come right back. Because when the focus is on self, the self relies on its old way of habits, its old way of doing, and gets us off our mark of trusting in God. The Mystery religions and the pagan cults of the Greco Roman world were marked and characterized by a spirituality that was filled with ecstasies and strange phenomena and displays of power and spiritual, I call it pyrogenics. Amen. Pyrotechnics. It was an idea that the more astounding it was, the more provocative it was the more loud it was that somehow you became more spiritual. And we've seen this phenomenon and displays of power and, and we've seen this thing happen around the world. And we've seen the Corinthians do this over and over again in this letter. And there at that wedding, here it is again. How come you're treating people Amen? Differently. Because back then, the people who drank the wine last were the servants, the poor folk, the peasants. You saved the good wine for these people? And that's when Jesus says, Oh, Mother, you still don't get it. You still don't understand. You see, We have to understand that Jesus says, I'm giving you, church, gifts. Not for you to give to those who don't necessarily need them. But I'm giving you gifts that you might let Christ be known to the world. They bring them, they bring their gifts in this church into this new Christian experience. And as they came into this new reality of walking with Christ and walking with God in this new way, they had some old baggage that they bought from the old pagan ways. From the old way of doing religion. For the own way, old ways of being spiritual. Trinkets, Angel pins, worshiping angels, false idols, and so as they think about, and as you think about what it means to be spiritual, they the people back then you have to realize obviously seem to think that in the Christian life, much like the pagan life, spirituality is demonstrated by displays of these pyrotechnic ways. The phenomenal, the miracles—we want shock and all. I went to that church and, whoo, man, man, we want that experience. We want the phenomenal. We want to be the. We want it to be eerie and inexplicably and breathtaking and awe-inspiring that's how we know it's real if we experience something it's like me oh here it goes going to starbucks (laughs) i was there the other day and i ordered this new drink uh, that i've fallen in love with and it's water with kiwi and no light ice you know and and I'm sitting there and they made my drink up and my drink sitting on the counter and I grabbed it and I sat down and before I walked out of the door, there was a bunch of people I knew. And so we started having a conversation. I sat my drink down, we sat around the big table and we started talking to one another. I forgot about my drink. Well then, they saw that I had not left and guess what? They made me another drink. So now I had two. I was like, oh, praise God, this is such wonderful. I said, hmm, so I kept talking. (laughs) Now I got three drinks. (laughs) I said, maybe they're trying to give me a hint, amen. And as I was walking out the door, these are the words that I heard. Thank you for letting Jesus shine through. By the time I got in my car, I had these drinks that were stacked up and I was trying to drink one and put one and all of a sudden I just started crying. <laughs> because the world saw Jesus and they didn't see me. Paul says here that the ministry of a truly spiritual person, because they are Christ-centered, not self-centered, is like Christ's ministry before them. It's as if God had walked in the building. No self-promotion. No self-edification. No self grandizement. You see, Paul wants us to understand that to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Your gift is given to you for the common good, not for self. Why are gifts given then? Gifts are given to us that we might be a blessing to others. God gave us a gift that we might bless others, that you might be a blessing to me as well. Your gift is needed, I need your gift, I need you. And you need my gift. That's why we need each other. That we might be a blessing to one another that we might encourage one another, serve one another. Gifts are about one another. There are no spiritual gifts, none, that are about you or on your own. They're not just for you. Spiritual gifts aren't about you. They're about everyone else, as I said. They're about the others. The purpose of spiritual gifts is that we might be a blessing in service to the body, to the church of Jesus Christ. I know the other day somebody told me, Pastor Freeman, the church I go to, I have no commitments. I can walk in, do what I need to do, and walk out. I said, Well, that was all about you. Christ didn't give you, give us the church that you might come and get entertained. He gave you a gift and the church that we might be there for each other. So when I'm weak, you hold me. And when you're weak, I hold you. You see, we have to get to the understanding that God has given us what we have in order that we might support one another until such time that we can no longer do it. Because in reality, we must admit to ourselves and to each other that both of us, I am and you are, we all are struggling to walk with Christ day by day. And we need each other. Let me just show you where I found help in this area. It's in this gospel. John chapter 2. Jesus demonstrated at that wedding when he ran out of wine. He got the best wine. Because the people had need of wine to save his family's face, to save the wedding guest's face, to help everybody. Jesus did something miraculous, not for himself. Because Jesus was in the back room changing the water to wine. The servants everybody else was taking the wine out. Jesus says, I did it that I might make God's power known. His first miracle was about help. Helping, serving. That's why I love Rotary Club so much, because it's all what Rotary Club pledges, service above self. It's not about busyness. You see, some of us, if we are too busy for ministry because of all the meetings we have, we need to repent. Oh, I'm just so busy, I don't have time in my schedule for the the body of Christ. I'm just simply too busy. I don't have time to help my brothers and sisters to stand with those who are weak. One of the joys I see, and so often has happened in my life as a volunteer chaplain at Carl Hospital is when somebody walks in and they're at their, they can't do anything, they're helpless. The doctor tells them, there's nothing else we can do. We have to put them on comfort care or palliative care And then they call for the chaplain. And then I walk in and I'm standing there. What do I do? (coughs) And then I'm reminded. It's not about you, preacher. Share Jesus. Bring Jesus to the room. Bring Jesus so they can resolve. So they can grieve. So they can know who they can lean on. And so every person that I found that I walk in, even here through our church and community, I walk in and say these words. We are sorry. I have empathy. I'm struggling with you. We are in this together. I'm grieving as well. Let's go to God that's all we can do. And the families, when I finish praying, they're just saying, thank you. We don't go to church. I said, that's not about church. You need the body, and we are here. So there is the call here. This is what Jesus is saying to us today. Are you spiritually minded? That you are so focused on Jesus and not on yourself? And there's a call here to do ministry. That is the effect of spiritual mindedness as we serve one another. We're here for each other. And when you see me falter, help me. And when I see you falter, I will try my best to help you. And as we do, I think we have a reason to expect the Lord to do great things amongst us for his glory. Let's pray. Oh, gracious God, we thank you for how you have brought us to this place. And how you have gifted each of us. Oh God. We repent. For any selfishness. For our busyness. For lack of centeredness around you. Help us God. To pray. To lean. To trust. In you. We thank you our God. And all of God's people said, Amen. "Amen." We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Word, and we're going to invite you that you might come light a candle for your prayers, and also <clears throat> that you might come and kneel at the altar. <coughs> I got a tickle in my throat. Amen. I don't have COVID. I just have a tickle. Amen. Uh, we're going to invite you to come and pray, and invite you to come and kneel. Amen. Honey, you? Thank <music> you. One of the greatest things we can do is trust and obey. Amen. So we're going to invite you as a congregation. Would you please turn in the red hymn books to page 467, or look at your screen, and we want to sing together. Trust and obey. Amen. Trust and obey. Thank you so much, Abby. Amen, amen. Now may God's grace and God's peace and God's strength and God's wisdom go and be with you always as you go into the world to proclaim Christ and him glorified. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's be reflective as Hannah plays our prosalute amen